Are you a CEO or ready to become one? Have we got an hour for you. Welcome to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. We're ready to set you up for success. Your reputation with shareholders and clients is important, but standing apart from your competitors is also essential to your success. We'll help you do both. Now, here is your host, Pam Lassiter. Welcome to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. I'm your host, Pam Lassiter, and I'm so glad you're with us today in the go-to place for honing the right skills to become a CEO and to stay there as a strategic competitive leader. You can email me at pam at lassiterconsulting.com, connect with me on Twitter or LinkedIn at Pam Lassiter, or follow me on Facebook uh, business slash Pam Lassiter. Our guest today, Larry Weber, is going to take you into the future to make sure that the skills you're growing as a CEO now are the right ones to be that competitive strategic leader we talked about. Your company and you will be in the future before the next of the world or the rest of the world will be. So what's that going to do to the rest of the competition? Let me tell you why Larry is the best in class for our business futurist. You're a futurist. Did you know that? I, I <laughs> always live for the future. Yeah, that's a good thing. His expertise in public relations and marketing services with a technology overlay requires it. Being savvy about market trends is essential to his work and our topic. Larry is chair and CEO of RacePoint Global, an advanced integrated marketing communications agency, and earlier started his own public relations company, the Weber Group, which became the world's largest public relations firm within 10 years. That's pretty awesome. It was uh, purchased by the Interpublic Group, and Larry became chair and CEO of Interpublic's Advanced Marketing Services a $3 billion unit with 12,000 people. I bet you didn't have group meetings too often. <laughs> Not a lot of meetings. <laughs> use, use media a lot. I know I had two Blackberries, though. Blackberry, that's all you had, too. Whoa, one for personal, one for public, I bet. You'll love this. Larry's current company, Race Point Global, is now larger in Boston than his former giant company is in Boston. You don't slow down much, do you, Larry? It's nice to have. Yeah, I know I got some... Congratulatory notes when Race Point was the largest in New England and Boston, as you mm-hmm. said, and the second one was Weber Shandwick. So, but two of the notes said, hey, Is there any account you haven't touched? <laughs> I'm not sure how Interpublic feels about all this, but we're not going there. Congratulations thank and you. thank you for being with us today. Yeah, great to be here. Well, it's, it's going to be fun. You can find Larry at racepointglobal.com, on twitter.com slash the Larry Weber, remember the the, and on LinkedIn.com in in the in group, the Larry Weber. And I think my Wikipedia page is up to date now. So. Wikipedia, yeah, I have so. been, you'll hear quotes from it <laughs> as we're going too, so watch out. Let's plunge into our topic, sure. which is future CEO, five skills to start developing now. According to research from the World Economic Forum, 35% of the skills necessary to thrive in a job today will be different five years from now. That's you. That's us. That means 65% of our current skills may well be obsolete. Good to know. Today, we'll talk about which skills we should have to replace these. I'm not going to start with the usual technology point, but we'll get there. I'd like to touch on a less obvious but potent one first. Larry, it looks like the trends are moving from business producing products 
to their producing services, and now they're moving into producing experiences. Experiences may require a lot of partnerships and what I heard called blended reality consumption, Uh, meaning let's say you see something on the floor of Best Buy while you're looking at reviews on your cell phone and big data is telling the sales associate to come find you before you buy it on your cell phone while the delivery is being arranged with a subcontractor drone company. Are you seeing these trends towards, isn't that a, that's a concept that could be happening before long. Are you seeing these trends towards experiences and partnerships? Sure. And it's just following the way we consume media in a lot of ways um, because what we did for 75 years or even more was live in a world of broadcast things that messages that were pushed out, whether they be from companies or media outlets, and they were one way. What's happening very quickly over the last few years is we've become an engagement or a conversational world, uh, especially in business, where the leaders and the builders are ones that know how to engage a customer, whether that be in a physical place or in a digital place. And increasingly, it will be a digital place where Mm -hmm. you're going to be trying to engage and create an experience that is one that, you know, leads to an outcome. So as a CEO, you have to look at a broad range of tools Mm -hmm. and skill sets in your people that that work for you. Uh, your teams that are all directed to the idea of creating the best customer experience that can possibly happen and how you're going to engage them for a long period of time. If you'd like an example from one of my books, I, um, I um, about a year and a half ago, uh, everyone's bought on Amazon, who's actually hitting the ball out of the park right now as far as a company uh, headed toward the future goes. But that aside, they used an old marketing technique with me called a permission-based email. And this is something you've all gotten, which is if you have a bank that you've worked with for a long time, they might send you an email that says, we understand you might be looking for help for college savings. So we have some accounts or some products that are good for that. Anyway, I got a permission-based email from Amazon that said, hey, we see that you like John Updike as an author. And we wanted to let you know that we just received some of his uh, videos uh, and rare footage of him reading from his rabbit series at Harvard. Mm. And so I took that in the back of my head. And one night, a few weeks later, I went into my study, my library, had a glass of wine, and I went on Amazon. Yeah. Now you're going to say, Pam, Larry, you need to get a life. <laughs> no, right? that sounds like a life. I was impressed. Well, after <laughs> this is what you'll say, you need to get a life. I was on Amazon for an hour and a half. But you were listening to... Why was I on Amazon for an hour and a half? I went to listen to those videos, and guess yeah. what? They led me to some other videos, one being uh, a favorite author, American author of mine, William Faulkner, who they happened to have the video of him him receiving the 1949 Nobel Prize for Literature. Remember that fact just for a second. Then I went and read some reviews in my most recent book, and I was very angry to find that one guy in Taiwan didn't didn't like like the book. (laughs) The nerve. Let's talk to him. Yeah. (laughs) And some people liked it, and I read those. And then I had just finished... Uh, Malcolm Gladwell's latest book, uh, What the Dog Saw, and I didn't like it that much. I like Malcolm very much, and I loved uh, The Outliers and and, uh, The Tipping Point, but I wrote a review that said, this is why I didn't like this one so much, and 
blah, 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 blah. And then I went and bought books and I looked at some and I didn't buy them. And I bought one for me, two for my wife, some for clients. Oh, interesting. At the end of uh, 90 minutes, what had happened? Hours. (laughs) They got got, Mm -hmm. their $332, you know, (laughs) for books. But they also got all the data that they wanted and what I was doing. I had an experience, right? Yeah. I had an experience that I bought some things. I shared with the community something. I also was entertained. And I was engaged. The next time I went on Amazon, what was the first thing they asked me? Would you like a $5 discount for the upcoming biography of William Faulkner. You said no. I said sure. I (laughs) said sure. Oh, Uh, they've got a softie here. Watch out. Let me ask how a CEO, listening to this, you're totally, what a great story about experiences, partnerships, and how to watch out what you click on on Amazon. Yeah, (laughs) It's a dark hole too. Uh, But how should a CEO be thinking and preparing now for if they want to start building more towards experiences in their company, I think the best thing, you know, and I'm I'm not. Uh, I, I always think great education and taking some extra courses is always good. But I also think just hands-on experience, taking an hour, you know, every few nights and Google around. Mm-hmm. Go look at some places in your category of yeah. a CEO, mm-hmm. whether you're a business-to-business company, a business-to-consumer company. Go and see what kind of experience they're creating. You. What's Create, the competition? And what are the hooks that they're using yeah. to engage you? And mm-hmm. what, what's That's the, a great idea. What is the content strategy that they're mm-hmm. using, you know, to try to, again, mm-hmm. engage you? to get you to do something, to move. And this works for B2B, too. Totally. In fact, you know, it's funny because we work with a lot of technology companies and a number of CEOs have said to me, oh, there's no bloggers that are, you know, blogging about electrical engineering or, you know, or the next wave of computing. And then we'd show them tens of thousands, you know. And so what happens is, and what CEOs today and of the future should know is that the world's going to come down into very basic constituencies and you're going to be a digital native around very specific areas. Mm-hmm. And one or two of them is going to be your business. Yeah. So those are communities, you know. It's not all LinkedIn. It's not all Facebook, you know. Well, I want to come back to communities in another point, too, because not only in your book titles, which we'll get to in our last segment, but that's a, a giant trend to start off with. But I think that's a great idea for CEOs to be preparing now. Start with the competition, basically. What's happening out there, what they are seeing, and what the trends are uh, for experiences. I was thinking, how can a manufacturing company, traditional manufacturing, get into an experience? Well, they can get into lots of partnerships to make it seamless. Totally. So there are a lot of different ways. So check it out is what you're saying. Yeah, go look at General Electric's uh, different sites, and they're doing a very good job at microsites so that they're very people that are interested in you know, jet engines or people that are interested in new yeah. healthcare automation. So, yeah. Oh, this is perfect. Yeah. Jet engines have microsites around them. Yeah, you got it. That there are lots of people who are followers yeah. of the yeah the the laser lasered wells or right. whatever. <laughs> well, and also the increase of understanding how data is used in things as remote as you know jet engines, yeah. where you know from temperatures to uh, to s- speed. Stress- Calculations yeah. to stress to, mm-hmm. I mean, on and on and on. Yeah, so, no, yeah. that's that's fascinating. So there's a market going on for everybody yeah. right now. Just and it's connected to data. I guess that would be another 
their real message theme. And if you've heard of big data, get that out of your head, actually, and get quickly to the analytic part, you know, so that you're starting to find out we have all the data we want, but what's hard is getting it Mm -hmm. into a useful place. And we can talk about that later, how there's software available for that and how you get it to be a, a almost an automated thing because we've been hearing a lot about AI and machine learning Mm -hmm. and these kinds of things. That's all going to be part of the analytic engines that are going to help CEOs manage in the future. And that's where I'll get to talking about people before long. Hopefully we will. But that's where I'm seeing data analysts are being snapped up overnight. Very quickly. Barely get out of school. And that's because of all the big data. Now we had to do something with this pile. Yeah, that's how do you apply it? Yeah, well, good for them for for thinking about doing it too. We're going to be coming up on our break in just a second. This goes quickly. Oh, Oh, Larry's going to be so much fun to hear. So many great ideas. In our next segment, we're going to talk with Larry about how being soft pays off. See you in three minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal Award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from our break. We're talking to Larry Weber of RacePoint Global and founder of Massachusetts Innovation and Technology Exchange, MyTex, how do you pronounce it? MyTex. MyTex. You're going to hear me introduce them differently every time, so listen up. The world's largest internet marketing association. We're talking about the top five skills the CEO of the future should be gaining right now. We're heading into our second one. 
Okay, I know you as listeners are waiting for me to bring up technology when we're talking about skills to build now. But I've got a dilemma with the word technology. It's such a broad-based word that no one knows how to act on just the word technology. So I'm taking a leap into a giant tech trend for today, and you'll know which other ones to add on for your own field and your own industries. I'll lay out the trend, Larry, if I may. Then I'd like to see what your take is on it. Strategy is is going to be need an on a giant leap for how to manage online. There is a tsunami coming. The World Economic Forum reports the world is going from two billion people online to five to seven billion. Listeners, as a company, is there a way you can help? A billion people make just a little bit of revenue. They'll need scalable technologies, which means cheap. They'll need scalable communities, crowdfunding, crowdsourcing, uh, cloud-served supercomputing. Then they can scale quickly. Is this something, this rapid growth, something you want to leverage for along its supply chain or as an end uh, supplier? Larry, what do you see happening? Are the businesses that are going to be if either overwhelmed or take advantage of the tsunami, is that going to be as large as I'm guessing it's going to be? Yes, uh, Pam, I think it is going to be as large. Let me step back and give some quick context, especially from a CEO perspective. Because I think that most CEOs think technology-related innovations and process come from IT or CIOs or people that are well-versed in the evolution of technologies and the application of technologies. That's still true. But what's happening at a very rapid pace is technology is bifurcating within companies. Think of it like your house, where all the what I might call boring technologies, but very essential ones, are in the basement running things like your heat, your mm-hmm. hot water, you know, your uh, the thing, the lighting, uh, etc., and all the new technologies that you're very much aware of making your life better and easier in the family room, in the kitchen, mm-hmm. from Alexa to, you know, <laughs> Google you talk Home, to Siri? <laughs> right, to giant screens, to, yeah, yeah talking to Siri, mm-hmm. these kinds of things, the ones that are there to help make a better experience for you and mm-hmm. your family. And ultimately, that's what's happening in business, too. And you have business people now, very important that they understand what kind of technology they need to buy to help create better experiences. And you don't have to be a programmer to do that. What I would argue is that you have to start looking at the context that there are certain technologies that are important, but aren't going to be as important as getting to your engagement to your customers. Those technologies that aren't as important, security, everybody goes how important security is, of course it is, but it's just like locking your house or your car. Make sure you have that, but it's not getting you anywhere. It's There's not, you know, the destination, you're not getting anything out of Defensive, your conversation. Not Correct. Yeah. So you have technologies that keep the energy low or, mm-hmm. you know, turn off lights automatically. To me, those are basement technologies. What we want is business technologies or family room technologies that are going to help build businesses and engage customers. And to that, there's going to be an explosion in different software uh, platforms and software filters, and as as so much information is being, you know, pushed around on the web, we're going to need that kind of you know organizational control um, that is that a library served, and mm-hmm. that's really what Google's been trying to do. Amazon's been helping with that a little bit. 
all right, and Facebook a little bit, but Google's been the primary organizer of mm-hmm. information. And I think you have to sort of also mirror that in a company to make sure the category you're in and that you are being able to get to the right information and data, then analyze it so that you can put it right to use from an engagement and customer experience point of view. So I think the big takeaway there is, and we could talk about technology all day, is don't get wrapped up in the next big enterprise technology. Think about the, what your business needs to do better with your customer. Ex- one example I'll, I'll let go, and then we can get into no, the next No, no, like, this is great. <laughs> would be like a bank where, you know, most of the younger people are, you know, applying online for a house loan. Mm-hmm. And if that process is just terrible and it takes hours and hours, and and something's wrong with the fundamental software and yep. technology. So you need to streamline those and be able to make the processes and the engagement, you know, much easier to to get business done. Yeah. And that's what uh, technology really is going to be there for. The last thing I'd say about this is that every company, my favorite uh, friend in in, in uh, predicting some futures in technology is George Colony from Forrester, and he likes to say he likes to say every company is a software company, and I agree with him. So even if you're a CEO running a potato chip company, mm-hmm. you're a software, software company. Everybody, I totally agree. I remember when we just used to teach software to kids that were going to be working in specific parts of companies, and now it's integrated through everything as it should be. It is. Like uh, environmental concerns are, but that's uh, how to get not get wrapped up in the next big thing, but to focus on the customer once again. Yep. that's a profound point, and I want to I want to revisit all of these and open them up. However, we've got another big uh, topic I want to <laughs> introduce for uh, the rest of this segment for things CEOs need to know and crafting culture and talent. Rick Byrne in our show on 10 Things CEOs Need to Know, he started Charles River Ventures. No, Rick, well. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, he taught crafting culture was one of his top five out of 10 points of what CEOs need to know that a company has to do clearly and not just either think it doesn't matter or stumble into. You've Clearly got this nailed. Race Point Global has been PR Magazine's top place to work for the past three years in a row, Larry. Congratulations. That's cool. And culture comes from the top. It is not an HR job. HR may help implement, but you're setting this. So you do this consciously. Tell me about how you have kept developing that and kept it going over time? Well, the thing that keeps maturing, believe it or not, even at my age and uh, (laughs) evolving, is the need for clarity around a number of different strategies. The first is the business strategy. What are we here to do? It's that simple. You come in here and we are here to work on our client's behalf to make their brand stronger and more aware and to sell more product and that's it you know the second strategy to me that is extremely important needs to be clear is our technology and our innovation strategy example there is how does RacePoint use software platform to identify influencers Mm -hmm. that becomes a very clear part of a technology and innovation strategy and every company should have that as well Mm -hmm. 
A third strategy that needs to be extremely clear is what I call a moral strategy. All right. And that's where that you have to have an understanding that's clear to all your employees that you're about doing good things, about reinventing good, about making sure that we find a moral strategy in every client that it can help tell a story. Yeah. An example of that would be John Deere, where it's not just about green tractors. It's actually about the analytic analysis of data to bring about more precision agriculture so that we can feed the two billion more people that are going to need to be fed over the next 30, you know. Which um, brings um, meaning so. and motivates the employees right. as well. And then the last and my fourth strategy is called my creative strategy. Yeah. And what is that? How do you think outside the box? And what kind of exercises can we put on the table with our employees to make sure creativity's in everything we do so that you don't just fill out that status report until you think of the one column that's not on that mm -hmm. uh, in that computer, which is what else could I possibly be doing to have more impact for my my clients and on their on their customers? Yeah. And I think that's the first thing uh, is clarity. And then I think having a transparent and open uh, environment is extremely good. And one thing most CEOs don't have lucky enough I do is having an average age of 32 years old where at least they're all eager and you know want to come and work in a place that is open direct and clear so they bring that with them often too uh, the culture is critical that you have created we've just got uh, two minutes to talk about the talent that you bring that a CEO can start planning now this is not something you wait for five years it's something you grow over time culture doesn't happen fast yeah so it's getting that what you call the moral statement I love that yeah. started and implementing it the what I'm seeing is that the best combination of talent for the future is a combination just not of the technical skills but of the soft skills around teamwork critical thinking empathy Project management, responsibility, these are tough to find, that intersection. That's where the data analyst that's also a good people person in yeah. the middle find. Do you have any uh, magic for getting the right people? I don't think there's any magic. I, I would say just one thing that we do often is that is we, we mix up the client base they, or the work that they have to do so that they might work on a big company like IBM, mm -hmm. but they also might have to work on a spin out of the MIT Media Lab called Perfect. Whoop. Perfect. You know, and Perfect. so it creates this dynamic that you've got to really be on your, yeah. your toes and look for all the skills available yeah. because people want to hear about IBM, but they don't necessarily want to hear about whoop. whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. They may change their mind in a, a little while, too. But that's a great. That brings freshness to the thinking, too. It gets back to your creative point, too. We're coming up on our break. And while you're on break, take a look at that World Economic Forum article that I had mentioned earlier. And I posted on LassiterConsulting.com and my LinkedIn page about the most important skills of tomorrow according to five global leaders. We'll see you in three minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. 
Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal Award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from our break. Hope you checked out the article on the five most important skills of tomorrow on my website. We're heading into the fourth one on our list of these right now with Larry Weber of Race Point Global and author of five books. I said I'd change every time, including, I'm just taking shorter versions of the long titles that are all great, a provocateur. Provocateur, yeah. Provocateur. That sounds much more French. I like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> My personal favorite, Sticks and Stones. And one coming out next year. Is it? You th- will it be next year, yeah, you're thinking? Called Reinventing Good. Yeah, yeah, I was going to bring, because that's tied in with what I want to talk about with uh, uh, some values and uh, personal brand yeah. management, too, which is what I'm proposing for our fourth trend. Not well, storytelling and personal brand management do come out in the literature as big trends, but are these any news or have they been important for a good while? I think they've been important a long time, but I do think most CEOs don't understand the impact of having a powerful narrative is. And you know, most CEOs tend to think get just get the product specs out there and make sure everybody knows, you know, what the product does or what it's about. Some PowerPoints with lots of numbers. (laughs) And I would tell every current CEO and future CEO that you have to stop for a minute and really make sure that the company's narrative is positioned properly and that it comes from a place of strength. And by that, I mean, you have to look at the DNA of a company. Where do you come from? And how do you leverage that DNA to build a continuing narrative that's going to engage customers for decades? Now, you might say we only need to look at time in three-year increments. But to me, everything goes back. Every company is an evolution chart, you know, from the slimy thing coming out of the ocean to, you know, <laughs> the, the man walking. Yeah. You know, that's a, every company's like that. And what made you successful in the first place is the beginning of your narrative. I remember one of the first software companies I helped, Lotus, in the PC world, and it had a very core story. 
and I remember it because my grandfather was one of those accountants that used to wear the green visor shades, right. and have the giant general ledgers with yardsticks and pencils, Ooh. you know, and yeah. he would be so angry when he'd come home at night. If somebody had made a mistake, they didn't catch from three weeks before oh, because you'd have to go back and erase all the entries and then spreadsheets came. <laughs> and then came one yeah. two three yeah and the power of that dna and yeah. creativity right mm-hmm. was so important to the narrative of lotus building then how software is going to make your business life easier smarter yeah. better you know and I can go on and on about every experience I've had with a company from beginning or even more mature companies mm-hmm. um, where don't throw away the past. Look at how that gives you strength in building a story and narrative. And then once you have that, then there's all sub narratives. Yeah. So it's almost like a genre. Think about it like, are you writing mysteries or are you writing you know, biographies mm-hmm. or are you writing something? You are in some genre. So that would be computers or healthcare or that. Yeah. So how do you build that umbrella na- narrative that belongs to you? And then how do you tell the sub stories that cool. are all there? But the sub stories or even the major stories they all have meaning. You're getting to the meaning of what. And the, if I remember VisiCalc and Lotus correctly, they were originally B2B sales. Yes. And that's an, a perfect example of how the meaning of a B2B, you actually saw your father more. And yeah. he was probably happier when you saw him, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so everybody's lives benefited. So totally. It's, yeah. And all of us can think that through for our customers, regardless of our products or well services. it's funny how it's great you bring that up Pam because it's funny how many CEOs forget that we're only successful as we make our customers successful mm-hmm. and they have to really you know be willing to understand that outcome based on what you're offering us and that the strength of a narrative is extremely important that's you know, and we have loads of companies right now. Apple's narrative is extremely strong right now. Amazon has five narratives going, but on the top of it, it's changing the world of data. That's its primary narrative, all right? But it's got supply chain, it's got delivery, it's got in-home experience, it's got retail, it has entertainment. Oh my gosh! You know, I hadn't so. thought of that as five. All I know is surrounding me. I mean, every, my kids only buy stuff on Amazon. It has been very strategic. So yeah. it's getting to the meaning behind all that that you're recommending for the CEOs to skills to start practicing now that will not only pay off way before five years, but will bring more meaning. Keep asking, what's the narrative? How do we make us the narrative stronger? How do we build it? How do we not ignore our past DNA? All right, and how do we point to the future? And you're, Ask those kinds of questions is actually a skill. And communicating it. Yes. Yeah. And how do we communicate it to our customers, too? Uh, which is funny. I wanted to talk about our final five, which is our fifth skill. But you were just talking about Amazon's big five, too. So <laughs> maybe we should look at some of Amazon's and borrow some of those. Okay, to move to our fifth skill. We're in the home stretch for the five skills to build for your future. My final proposal hit me as I was listening to your friend, George Colony, CEO of Forrester Research, tell a story about how his company is going through a culture change. One of those rare CEOs who's actually working on the plane while it's flying and appears to be pulling it off. 
usually you have to change a CEO to change a culture. Yep. And he's pulling off both at the same time, no minor feat. And he's a client plus a friend and client and long-term friend. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is great. Forrester Research is a company that does the research, all the research for your company, competitive market intelligence, et cetera, and helps you plan your strategy and your future. His comment, our clients can often end run our research these days in multiple technological ways. Instead of competing with our customers, we're combining our content with customer obsessiveness. We're surrounding them with everything they need to know about their current clients, helping them position their clients to increase their clients' business and build not only their clients' success, but their own. Are you seeing customer obsessiveness being a a major trend? Major trend, major skill that needs to be uh, uh, looked at. I think I would, just to keep it in my little literature metaphors, George is one of the few CEOs that understands that companies and brands are verbs, not nouns. And companies that, are verbs. Yeah. <laughs> Great. And that you, well, to your point of flying the plane while you're fixing it, you know, the, the point of is that nothing is stops now. You can't just do something and push it out. You have to constantly be engaged with that customer and obsessed about their needs and what they want, or you're not going to have a competitive advantage. And the, the companies that really understand how to obsess about their customers and what their needs are and how they're going to be better with their customers are going to be the big winners uh, versus their competition. So obsess about the customers. I'm so tired of getting surveys from everybody. Are there other ways to find out, like talking to them? Yeah. (laughs) Those are your current customers. (laughs) Yeah, I would suggest a number of things. One is, again, from a context, uh, I think uh, this is a little tip for every CEO. Don't view marketing as a department. (laughs) (laughs) View View it as a horizontal uh, vein in your company that should be in charge of constant communication, whether that be in a negative way, customer service. You wouldn't know, Pam, how many companies I go into and customer service still reports to an operations person oh. or, you know, finance or oh. some odd kind of uh, chain where it should any communication with the customer is relating to that uh, responsibility of a horizontal marketing effort. And it should be that kind of discipline that we really are engaging the customers on a regular basis. The second thing is building communities. And I think we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But community building around your customer base is so critical to get their constant input on everything from how the packaging looks if you're a, a, a CPG company mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, what your advertising looks like, you know. So I think the, the co- co- putting the customer at the center of everything is just what George means by that. And I think that's just a golden rule that will not change. Technology is just a natural wave evolutions, but focusing on what the, the customer, customer always is core and is it any different than customer centered that we've been using talk up to the customer for a long time yeah you- it's not a lot different than that i don't want to try to be over intellectual about it mm-hmm. i think 
the mistake some CEOs have made in the past, and I think when companies get in trouble, is they put products at the center of their universe. That's true. That's true. We forget, and, don't we? Yeah, yeah. And when you start putting products at the center and just pushing them out, and then you go, how come nobody's buying those products? <laughs> well, maybe we weren't obsessed with why they were needed yeah. or what they were needed, you know. No, that's what you know. happens with a lot of the, competi- the entrepreneurial competitions, too. It's a great idea. But oops, we forgot. <laughs> well, and also where disruption happens, right? Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. No, that's that's exactly the point. Uh, okay, so customer obsessiveness as a fifth skill, but actually talking to them, getting out and interacting with them. And as uh, John Fletcher, one interview said, we don't know the customers we don't have yet. And so it's getting in touch with some of the unknowns out there, too, because they're our future. I would agree with that. But on the flip side, I would also say, you know, keep farming your current customers to go as deep as you can. Mm -hmm. And again, another great example of that is Amazon, who just started with books. And now look at how many things you buy from them. Yeah. Groceries. So, so you're, <laughs> the, the obsessiveness of mm-hmm. Bezos and his strategy started with one small obsession, mm-hmm. which might not have been an obsession to you, but it corralled you enough to start introducing you to others. It, they dove deeper. Good for them. Very strategic. Looks like we're coming up on our break, and you're going to be getting a bonus in our final segment with a preview of the main topic of Larry's upcoming book. I didn't warn you about this, but I have a feeling you can right. <laughs> you can handle it. Reinventing Good, he mentioned briefly earlier, plus a wrap-up of the five skills for you to start developing now. See you in three. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network lassiter consulting works privately with senior level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek you can improve your work success in your current company choose them for outplacement or career change or explore retirement lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal Award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from our break. 
we're going to get a bonus in this segment that I'm going, I think Larry's consented to tell us uh, something about Reinvented Good that he's writing now. And then we'll give an overview and wrap up of the five key points to start thinking about early so you can stay ahead of the rest of the world on uh, the business strategies. Larry, Reinventing Good, work in progress now? Yeah, six book. Um, it's fascinating for me because um, the first title was Beyond Digital. and That was uh, a ways back, too. Yeah. You were out front of the pack. Then. Well, <laughs> what I see happening, too, and CEO should be ready for this, is eventually, just like automobiles, you know, all the technology and, you know, things that make everything work well are going to be under a hood mm-hmm. or be able to talk to. And okay. so my view now is start moving the focus away from all the digital technologies, believe it or not. Um, you'll probably get a lot of comments about this. But having been around technology almost 40 years, I think I'm allowed to say this, that it's starting to really sort of figure out which are the best for customer engagement, customer experiences, and customer understanding. So that means we need to move on to another corporate obsession or company obsession, which is reinventing good in marketing, in media, in corporate purpose, and in product development. What does good mean? Good means just doing the right thing, whether that means developing the right product or or, or also telling the narrative around how we're going to feed another 2 million people, how we're going to bring the cost of vaccines down, how we're going to um, uh, make sure there's internet access in uh, third world countries, you know, Mm -hmm. as well as make money. So my generation, uh, since I'm way older than you, Pam. (laughs) He's (laughs) such a great guy. (laughs) In in our our generation, it was go make money first and then figure out how to do good. I'm saying there's more and more companies understanding how to intertwine those things. So make money and also do good. And I think that becomes part of your narrative. Now, a lot of CEOs will be saying, well, what does a marketing guy have the right to write about that. And my argument is the future of marketing is going to be about doing the right thing as a company and making sure that it's transparent for all to see and all to be shared. So That gets back to your storytelling and meaning and purpose. Correct. And so to me, uh, especially as I see a generation in the millennials that do not watch television commercials, do not read magazines. They don't write and, watch TV much anyway. <laughs> yeah, so their yeah. entertainment comes at the expense of, of old-fashioned brand marketing. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm starting to play around with, well, I'm halfway into the whole reinventing good and means uh, researching it now. It also ties with disruption. Mm. So how can it help produce a a culture, which we talked about earlier as well, of disruption that we should also be so customer obsessed that we're willing to disrupt the status quo? An example would be a company that just started a few years back called Simply Safe, who really understood 
that home security was a real racket that was all not done very well and was very expensive. They figured out how to use your smartphone and use the internet and a wireless device that you could buy for $295 at Walmart or on Amazon. And, you know, that's and that's what's very becomes that obsessive and it's good. It's a good thing because mm-hmm. now that young person that lives in the middle of a city that felt like they needed a better security system can afford one. Yeah. So you can find a good story anywhere, you know. Well, so. oh, that's around disruption too, though. Yeah. And I, I like that. I think the next generation is inspired and sticks around companies that provide meaning to it may be part of the culture that has gotten you best workplace for so many yeah. years too that they feel like they're creating meaning. This you're not slowing down any here. This is a new concept. You were talking about technology is going to be under the hood. When I open my car hood, I totally <laughs> I can't even touch a thing under there now. But somebody's got to still be doing what's under that uh, bonnet that I can't get through any longer. Right, but that's where that's where the real promise of AI and machine learning is. Mm-hmm. It's going to the, the messaging is already out Ooh, there. I love it. Yeah. That you're going to have a flat tire in 50 miles, um, Ms. Lassiter. So mm-hmm. you better go get it fixed right now because there's a nail in there. Yeah. And that's not a person telling you that. That's your message. It's a sensor. Yeah, message. And it's coming from a sensor. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be far more sophisticated than just something blinking on your dashboard. Yeah. And um, so we're going to increasingly live in a world that is very diagnostic forward. And we're just going to have to embrace that and go with that. And that's, I think it's a, a powerful concept for any industry. So. It's powerful and sort of scary because if it's a medical diagnosis, neither the machines nor the software engineers can reverse engineer themselves to say why. Yep. They may they say start so taking this medication. Healthcare is finally going to, I mean, that's a whole other discussion. But finally, as technology, sophisticated technology goes into the healthcare world, you're going to see things like wearable MRIs that cost maybe 50 bucks. Yeah. So that's yeah, gonna, wearable. And, and that changes everything. Do we want that? Anyway, yeah. I'm sure we'll want it when we get there, too. We have covered a lot of territory today. That's really a tantalizing place to leave us, too. Re- reinventing good. It really is reinvention, Thank too. Of what does good mean? Okay, we've got to read Larry's book when it comes out. Who knows? You've got to finish writing it first. Yeah. Maybe next year, It'll too. be out early next year. Okay, I'm going to recap the five, but you are going to... I'm going to ask if you have a, a comment or two to wrap up and to either correct, reshape, or redirect. Any no, I think I, I just want to applaud you for having a great show focused on CEO leadership because it's changing so rapidly. And my best advice after being a, a, the easiest way to become a CEO is to start your own business. uh, (laughs) The best way to succeed at being a CEO is to surround yourself with the best people, the best technologies, and the themes that we talked about, innovation, creativity, morality. Mm -hmm. uh, And these are going to create successful companies. Of course, you have to have a clear business strategy. (laughs) Yes, but by the way, there are a lot of, as Richard Eglin said, I'm one of them higher better than yourself always and having the talent around you can make a lot of difference too the five skills we talked about today for future proofing yourself if there is such a thing because the future keeps (laughs) changing are partnerships and experiences technology and leveraging that online leap that is coming thinking about it and anticipating it ahead of time crafting the right culture and talent 
customer obsessiveness, and storytelling with personal brand management. Does that sound like we're on target? Sounds terrific. We could come up with another five without any trouble, too, couldn't we? It sounds (laughs) wonderful, and it's a great place to go. Well, do you have any walk-away for us? For CEOs about where they could start today for positioning themselves or where they might begin right away? Um, I think uh, most CEOs should not be in the office very much. Ooh, I think is probably my, my biggest tip to them. And you should be out with customers. You should be out in markets. You should be out being curious about things. I think you should have relationships with uh, research universities to understand what's going on. Uh, in those places, especially around the categories you're interested in. And then when you get back to the office, you're so much more thoughtful and full of stories and information that are going to make the people that work with you that much better. So that would be my tip of the day. To stay out of the office. (laughs) Make all your employees happy. Leave. (laughs) But you'll bring back a richness that they'll get their turns to go out, too. So if everybody uh, goes out, you'll bring back a lot more. What's happening is our show next week is about educating yourself. Oh, great. And we have some uh, leaders of some executive education programs and YPO and different ways to Get around your peers and how important being around peers is uh, as a sounding board and also because they'll challenge you and maybe tell us some things we wouldn't hear otherwise, too. Mm -hmm. So ongoing leadership education in many ways, too. But thank you. We are – I'm going to start wrapping up, but I want to start by, first of all, thanking our awesome listeners for joining us. It was great to have you all here to talk about the future CEO Five skills to start developing now. Today, our guest was Larry Weber, chairman and CEO of Race Point Global, author and entrepreneur. I have to, what I didn't say about Larry is not only was MyTex the largest professional association in for internet marketing advocacy in, in the world, yes, internet marketing yeah, 10, advocacy, members, yeah. as well as having built. Uh, Weber Shanwick, the world's largest PR firm. I think Larry kind of does world's biggest. That's no <laughs> race points. Not it's now the best. Well, just I, got the, I got the biggest out of my system. Yeah, well, you aren't you aren't done yet. It is still still growing too, and you're you're going to be continuing. So find him on racepointglobal.com, twitter.com, the Larry Weber, and LinkedIn.com. Thank you all for joining us. Join us next week for executive education and the importance of peers. And you have just listened to the CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. Thank you for joining us. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to join us for another edition of CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. Next Wednesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week for more tips from the professionals as you grow your career and your company to the top.